0: Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, Podcast. an exploration of ancient wisdom.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 45. 45. (laughs) We're super excited to be here with y'all. Thank you for tuning in.
2: Um, and uh, do we have any housekeeping announcements? Our producer said not to swear in British slang. So yes. noted. We're not allowed to use any British <laughs> I was about profanity. To say them, but I thought I can't swear. Thank you. Say Thank them. you for sparing We're us. not allowed to
1: use any British profanity <laughs> uh, anymore.
2: Yes. So it's that's a family channel.
0: Anyways, if you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, you can send us a message at Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast. At Modern Yogi Podcast.
1: Modern Yogi Podcast. And remember, on Instagram.
2: There's no the. It is not at the Modern Yogi Podcast. Just at Modern Yogi Podcast. Sometimes I, I
1: plug it into my own Instagram and I put the, and they're like, "This account doesn't exist." Right. So, so don't do what I did.
2: And don't follow our lead.
1: Uh, also, we uh, would love your help. Um, we need some more some podcast equipment. Think of a And think of a too. Yeah, we need. What is it called?
2: We would like your support in getting. A new audio interface and microphone preamplifier. He's told us like 10 times and we still can't remember still the name. I still don't even yeah, know no, what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's Those like a different language But when he I says mean, it's it.
0: making weird noises. We need to replace it. So if so you could help, that would be
1: amazing. You can humbly donate to our GoFundMe, which is linked on our Instagram, it's on our bio, that mm-hmm. would really, really help. Whatever you can donate would be very, very helpful. So 25
0: cents, 50 cents, we a dollar. We would so much appreciate it. Totally. <laughs> Anything is lovely. Thank you.
1: A little bit. More
2: <laughs> but whatever you can donate. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, recap of the last episode, ladies. So, yeah. the last episode, for the first time, Arjuna spoke, right? And
0: that After was super so interesting. Long. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so if we if we can remember, we are still talking about Dhyana Yoga, which is meditation. And they told us about like all the stuff we have to do. And they were like, oh, basically, you got to sit under a particular type of grass in the forest and you got to like, you know, look like you're cross eyed and then you got to like breathe <laughs> really Nobody slowly. Said cross-eyed. <laughs> he said, Kusha
1: grass, deer skin, meditate, have your eyes. Half open, half closed. Okay. Yeah. okay. okay. Looking at, at your, your nose. nose. Okay, please
0: demonstrate looking at your nose and tell me it doesn't look cross-eyed. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, okay so fair, fair, fair. fair. Good point. Okay. Good point. So the point being is there was a lot of regulations about this, but there was also regulations such as uh, not too much sleeping or not too little sleeping, not too much eating or not too little eating. All these kinds of regulations because regulated living helps your mind be more focused and mm-hmm. it helps you be able to adapt uh, these spiritual practices easier, right? And so Arjuna is speaking for the first time because Krishna was telling him all about the Yoga. And Arjuna's like, yo, I mean, like, I'm like, you know, like, like a royalty. A Hold up.
1: <laughs> I'm a warrior. I'm this is like a royalty. Impactful.
0: I'm a warrior. Like, I'm a person who, like, you know, very skilled and he's humble about it. Like, okay, he's not like, you know, but he's just saying, like, this sounds like it would be really, really difficult. Like, do you really think this is
2: practical, right? Right. That was actually even Srila Prabhupada pointing out to us Arjuna's all these things. Arjuna literally, like Priya said, was very humble about it and just said, I don't think I can do this. It seems impractical and unendurable to me. Why? Right.
1: Why? <laughs> Why? Because, because the mind is turbulent, obstinate, very strong, and restless yes, yes because it's
2: really difficult to control the mind in this particular age we live in the age of Kali it's literally more difficult than capturing the wind the turbulent mind yes so basically that's the
0: recap and now it gets really exciting again because Krishna's about to respond so I, we're finally back into like a little bit of a conversation back and forth right. which just makes it I really like interesting because finally we're back into the full story of what everything you know we're in the battlefield we're having this discussion We're kind of getting back into the scene of the story.
2: Right. And they did a whole beautiful, the final portion of the recap, a whole analogy of the mind being like a chariot or like we said, a car, right? And what did we say, ladies? The individual is the passenger, right? Of the car. Yes, we gave three different analogies in the last episode. I hope you all followed along there. <laughs> oh, we, at one point, when we finished the episode, we cracked up. We were like, "Maybe that was a little chaotic." Like the mind running all but over the, the place. The mind is
1: chaotic. We wanted right? to just give
2: you an example of it we deliberately. Three D
1: example of that verse. Yeah, that's was, right.
2: Basically, so basically, then there's a beautiful picture actually in the Bhagavad Gita that illustrates this very same purport, saying the individual is the passenger in the car, the car is the material body, and the intelligence is the driver. And the mind is the driving instrument. So let's say the mind is the steering wheel. And with our intelligence, we need to steer the instrument of the mind. It needs to serve us and not the other way around. And the senses are the horses. So if we let the horses run wild, back to the chariot analogy, rather than grabbing the reins, we're never going to make progress. We're going to just run in circles rather than getting from point A to point B. And there's one line that we didn't mention that I love. It says, the self is thus the enjoyer or sufferer in the association of the mind and senses, so it is understood by great thinkers. So it's up to us. Yes. It can be the enjoyer or the sufferer. Or like friend or enemy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the
0: mind is our friend or our enemy, depending on how the relationship we cultivate.
1: Wonderful. The invocation, ladies, please. <clears throat>
0: <clears throat>
2: oh, my gyananjana shalakaya, <clears throat> <shak-shurun clears> throat> <my> throat> Does my shri good
1: Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. All right. Chapter six, text number 35.
0: Lord Sri Krishna said, O mighty arms, son of Kunti, it is undoubtedly very difficult to curb the restless mind. But it is possible by suitable practice and by detachment. This is a very
1: hopeful verse. I really like this verse because Krishna <laughs> is basically like, I get it. I understand. It is very difficult to control the mind, but you can do it. And here is how. Yes. Right. He's saying
2: by practice and detachment, it is possible. And what is that practice, you might ask, dear listener? And it says, in the present age... I was going, going to like, are you going to give us the answer? Because <laughs> <laughs> the
1: listener's not going to talk back to you. <laughs> and I'm yes. waiting for the listener to respond. Yes, yes, yes. In no. the
0: corporate, it talks about how uh, it says, in the present age, no one can observe the strict rules and regulations of placing oneself in a sacred place, sacred place focusing the mind on the super soul restraining the senses and the mind, observing celibacy, remaining alone, etc. Oh, that's exhausting even to think of. That's like all this stuff that we've been talking about in terms of dhyana yoga, right? Right. It's really difficult. But by the practice of Krishna consciousness, however, one engages in nine types of devotional service to the Lord. Right. And what is the first and foremost? Hearing about Krishna. Mm. This one is the most powerful method for Purging the mind of all misgivings. I love
2: that way they said that purging the mind of all the misgivings. Because we come into this life with a lot of, they call it, what are anarthas? Yes, like, anarthas, like weeds, right? Exactly, yeah. like weeds in the garden of the mind. Yeah.
0: So Krishna, I think it's really cool. Krishna saying like, yes, I described something really difficult, but it is it is doable. It is uh, appropriate and it it takes some detachment, right? And it's true. Like if we think about the the (coughs) principles that they were talking about, the regulated life, right? In order for you you to not eat too much or too little, you have to be a little detached from sweets, let's say. Yep. Or detached Mm -hmm. from things that make you crave, want more and more, right? You have to eat maybe... A little less of that just to not be, you know what I mean? Does that make sense in terms of an example?
2: Right. And they say it's the most powerful because the more one hears about Krishna, it's like infectious. The more we become, we want to hear more, we become enlightened. And then naturally we become detached from everything that draws the mind away from Krishna.
1: It's this notion of like this practice makes perfect, right? And so like Krishna is outlining how this is even possible, right? Because Rome
2: wasn't built in a day. Exactly. It takes practice and every single day to build that relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. right. You know, there's one line I want to read and then tell you my thought about it because you know when you read a line, but then you read it like 10 more times and just kind of like it, it, there's a well of depth just within the one line that you can reach. So here one line says, by detaching the mind from activities not devoted to the Lord, one can easily learn vairagya. And they say vairagya means detachment from matter, an engagement of the mind in spirit so i kept thinking about it like whoa okay engaging with krishna then by definition literally means to engage the mind in spirit because if we detach the mind from anything that distracts us from the lord we can easily engage in vairagya and vairagya by definition is engaging the mind in spirit which consequently means engaging with Krishna is engaging the mind and spirit. And as beings, we want to feel alive. We don't want to feel like we're just engaging in dull matter. We want something to spark our interest, to make us feel alive. So if you want that, engage the mind and spirit, which means engage with Krishna, who is the Supreme Spirit. And this is really practical because when we hear about Krishna, we automatically become attached to the Supreme Spirit. So I just really, I kept reading that one part of the purport again and again and again last night. And I really liked that kind of sequence of like detaching the mind from things that are are devoid of the Lord means that we can easily engage in spirit and Krishna is the supreme spirit. So Vairagya is that
1: this notion of detachment is so important and we hear this this word in eastern philosophy a lot right hinduism buddhism even Mm -hmm. bhakti yoga philosophy this notion of detachment what is your personal definition of what like how do you would you interpret that word for like a sixth grader
0: Mm. Uh, detachment let's see not That's a tough one right yeah yeah
1: maybe not obsessing over Right Something not not, uh, not worrying about the things that you can't control in life, right? yeah, like trying to make keep our senses in such a place that they don't cause suffering,
0: right yeah, and but I, also like detachment yeah. could be like physical from things like it could be like, okay, if I want to lead a more spiritual life, I'm going to be detached from less spiritual things, right. such as like I would detach
1: myself from cinnamon buns.
0: Or yes, or binging Netflix or whatever it might be that causes that bigger distraction. And I think um, there's, you know, the idea is like sometimes detachment is hard. So if you instead attach yourself to something better, then the detachment comes easier. And I think that's what it's saying here. So if you attach yourself to doing spiritual practices to for Krishna, then the detachment becomes easier because you're so engaged in like hearing about Krishna and doing uh, things with like about Krishna in being in that world that the detachment becomes easier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they call that spiritual satisfaction.
1: I love that. Because I really want to focus on these, like Krishna's literally giving us the two things that we need yeah. in order to control our mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And so practice, whether that is that meditation helps you to control the mind, but then like really understanding what detachment is and how to practically learn detachment in All our right. lives.
2: See, when you ask that Shama, how would you explain it to a sixth grader? Yeah, My mind jumped to how would I explain it to the class I, I teach? And I teach at a, at a religious school. So that's already a basis of, they have some notion of what's a soul, even if it's not a bhakti yoga school. So they already understand the soul. So if we're talking about detachment in the sense of we're trying to detach from matter and engage with spirit then you can break it down to their level like what is matter and what is spirit right spirit is anything that'll help us on our spiritual path to go back to god matter is anything that's just kind of like dead matter it doesn't help our spirit grow that doesn't help us yeah and yeah. so when i picture like engaging with Krishna means engaging with spirit. I picture spirit like a bright golden warmth versus dull matters, kind of like all black and dull and dead. And so when we engage with, with spirit, when we engage with Krishna, it's literally, it's life. It's fueling our soul. It's being alive. You know, it's engaging with the real reality of where we're going. So I just found that all very inspiring when I read What that means, what vairagya means, detachment from matter and engaging the mind and spirit and the supreme spirit is Krishna.
1: Got it. And I like this whole notion of like detaching from something bad Mm -hmm. that doesn't help us and attaching to something good because that's essentially what we need to do every single day, right? right? Because if we keep attaching to the bad, then we don't. Make spiritual progress.
0: Right. Ooh, I just asked uh, ChatGPT. Yeah, Explain detachment for a fifth grader. Oh, nice. And it says detachment is the ability to step back and look at a situation without getting too caught up in it or letting our emotions control our actions. Ooh. Right. ChatGPT. <laughs> I know. So good. <laughs> Actually pretty helpful. That's right. an interesting. Yeah, it is. Just taking a our step emotions. back. Right. Yeah. Take a step back. And what is it? So take a step back uh, without getting too caught up in it in it, or letting our
2: emotions control our actions. Oof, right. Yeah. And you brought up Priya, uh, a little, a few minutes ago, spiritual satisfaction, because when we're able to then interact with spirit and especially with the Supreme spirit, there we get true spiritual satisfaction. And they give this nice analogy. It's just like the feeling of satisfaction when we've we're starving and we finally eat with each bite, we're feeling more and more satisfied, more strength. So similarly, but on a very, Even higher level, when we're able to do devotional service, we feel transcendental satisfaction because our mind just automatically becomes detached from material objects. So, we've been talking about this concept of the higher taste because we can't just let go of the things that are bad for you and fill the void with nothing, we'll feel empty. So, when we let go of the bad, we have to fill it with the good.
1: So, if this is the only verse that you ever listen to, this is the only episode that you ever listen to, and you're trying to figure out how to grow (coughs) in your spiritual journey, those two things, Practice and
0: detachment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And practice of the behaviors that were spoken about, Dhyana Yoga. Yep. Which you can find at the very In beginning. Early episodes, yeah. earlier episodes, yeah.
1: <laughs> mm. Practice Beautiful. and detachment. Anything else, guys? No. Text 36, ladies. All right. For one whose mind is unbridled, self-realization is difficult work. But he whose mind is controlled and who strives by appropriate means is assured of success. That is my opinion. This
2: is Krishna giving his opinion right now. Oh, that's a very important opinion. That is my opinion. Mm. Right. So basically already the Supreme Personality of Godhead declares that one who does not accept the proper treatment to detach the mind from material engagement can hardly achieve success in self-realization.
1: So basically like if if your mind is... No, go, it, ahead, go ahead. If you're not able to control your mind, if you're it's restless, it's filled with anxiety, self realization can be very difficult, right? right but yeah. one, if you, through practice and detachment, learn how to make your mind your best friend, learn how to control your mind, then you are assured of success. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, think about like, Moments
0: in which you've been anxious or moments in which yeah. like you've had a lot going on in your mind. Yeah. Can you actually accomplish things when all of that stuff is going on in oh, your mind, right? It's it's so difficult. So um, when your mind, it, how can you like, it's self-realization is the understanding of our position, who we are and what we're meant to do in this life. And yep. if your mind is chaotic, it is very difficult to accomplish this. And so to quiet the mind, mm-hmm. right? Right. We step back look at the situation and try not to get emotionally overcome by the situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: There are times where like, well, like I'm about to go to bed and I don't know if this happens to you guys, but like your mind just starts racing oh, as yeah. to, the things you need to do tomorrow yes. or like or like, I have a trip coming up and I'm like do I need I need to pack this and I need to pack this and I need to pack this and like mm-hmm. it literally becomes so restless that I've learned to just trick myself just trick my mind to be like alright Krishna will handle mm-hmm. it right yeah. there's only so much that I can do right now in this moment there's mm-hmm. nothing in my control in this moment I'm going to take a couple deep breaths focus right. on Krishna and then let him worry about it definitely it's so
2: interesting because what you said Shama about right before going to bed it made me think back also to a Something I spoke about recently with my parents because you know how in the last episode, if you haven't heard it, check it out. I was saying how my dad said, What's the most important thing a devotee can do? And I was like, Uh, chairing your rounds. And he's like, <laughs> No go to bed early so that you can wake up early so you can have your spiritual practice and all of that. So exactly what you described happens to all of us. Our mind starts thinking of all the things we have to do and accomplish before bed and we get anxious and oh my God, I did this or that or stuff that bothered us, whatever. It starts pulling up all of the nonsense that we need to deal with in the daytime and we can't do anything about it at night anyway. So I remember in that same talk with my dad, I was telling him all these things at night that I, my mind was fretting over and he looks at me and he says, Shamali, this is Maya. This is that, what is Maya, ladies? A quick recap for anybody. Illusion. 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 Maya is literally like a goddess. She's such a servant, a devotee of Krishna. So it's like the goddess Maya who's trying to distract us on the path because Krishna is such a goal, such a treasure that we're trying to climb towards and trudge our way to that she's going to distract you. And the higher you climb, the more Maya's clutches will try to distract you, but you'll try not to let her interfere. So the more you can set up your material life in a way that Maya won't distract you, the better off you are with a peaceful setting ahead that you can then practice.
1: This, yeah. is, this is the first time where the Krishna said, this is my opinion. I think that's really yeah. <laughs> I think it's really yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is my opinion. You can do whatever you, whatever you want <laughs> with it, but this is what I think. <laughs> I also love that about Krishna Yeah, right? It's very it's, humble. It is. Yeah. It's very like, these are the
0: ways you could be better. It's your choice whether you want to be yeah, better. That's my opinion. Mm, yeah. it's,
1: it's not a complete rule and right. law it is though right. but yeah. he's like nope my opinion.
0: as the owner of everything Krishna's saying this will give you success but you know like take it or leave it take but, it, like, take it. it. Yeah. but like
2: up <laughs> to your choice you know. yeah, he like literally is like go ahead try and enjoy alone in the material world and see how far have that fun. takes you yeah. have fun yeah. Yeah. here's the key go wild
0: yeah honestly sometimes you have to do that with a little kid who really wants to touch the fire you know yeah. Just that's like, true listen it's gonna burn you no but I wanna touch it no listen it's gonna burn you right. no, I wanna touch it fine
1: but Don't be touch careful. It. It's hot. I'm just letting you know. Right. It's right. gonna be great. That is my opinion. <laughs> <There's>
0: <laughs> that's my opinion. I gotta start saying that after every sentence <laughs> oh, to my God. friends to
1: be like, "Hey, <laughs> I really like this spindrift flavor. That is my opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this spindrift flavor is the best.
2: That is my opinion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dear Lord, that's gonna get that's real a Tea, fun. tea Shama <laughs>
2: drinks. In case anyone doesn't know, what no, in it's the world not a but- tea. It's water. Oh, yeah. Flavored oh, water. water, yeah, it's flavored okay. water. I didn't even. That's know. okay. But what you were gonna say? That's right. I was gonna say uh, this one line that I love. It says, "Trying to practice yoga while engaging the mind in material enjoyment is like trying to ignite a fire while pouring water on it. Oof, yeah. It's just counterproductive. It doesn't work. So that's why we need to control the mind by engaging it constantly in transcendental loving service of the Lord.
1: Perfect. Chapter six, text number thirty-seven.
2: So Arjuna said again. Arjuna speaking up. He says, "Oh Krishna." What is the destination of the unsuccessful transcendentalist who in the beginning takes to the process of self-realization with faith, but who later decides due to worldly mind- mindedness and thus does not attain perfection I, in mysticism
1: oh sorry I, I, I apologize I got so excited and yes. I didn't let you finish go, the verse I apologize ahead, Go ahead. Yeah. so this is such an interesting question that I Arjuna, love it. I love this question it's very relatable because yes. the
0: reality of life is like we maybe like people get really into things right like they'll be like I really want to work out and then they start working out and then mm-hmm. they stop working out and then they're like oh but like is it really should I go back in this case mm-hmm. it's a bigger, a bigger thing right but they're like if I get really into Krishna consciousness Right. But then I somehow like don't I can't actually keep it. up. I yeah. get distracted, whatever it
1: might be. Like, what happens? What happens if I'm unsuccessful? So I'm trying so hard to be a modern yogi. I'm like Krishna. I'm really, really trying hard. But what happens if? The world distracts me or if I'm not allowed or if I never attain perfection in this path yes. of being a modern yogi, right. what happens then?
0: What happens if I I didn't get a chance to wake up early this week and it all kind of messed up everything in my life? Mm, yeah. Like what
2: happens? Do I get to try again? What happens? What right. happens? And I love the word choice they use that they call the path of self-realization mysticism, because that's basically what we're talking about in the Bhagavad Gita is how to attain, how to attain self-realization or mysticism. And it's a very mystical process. We're trying to reach to the other side, to lift the veil and connect to the eternal realm. So it's amazing that, or I, I just love the word yeah. choice, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, It's nothing material. What we're trying to do here in building a relationship with God, with Krishna is nothing material, right? It right. has to be mystic. It has to be Magical. It has to be
2: in a n- another realm. So it's a right. it's a really beautiful word. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love how they say then, um, right? Because we're in this world, we're so used to associating with just matter, with with the material body, with our material needs and senses. But spiritual realm is different than that. The happiness is in the, is in eternal life, bliss, and knowledge. So you know, when we try to seek the path of self realization, we're on the path of knowledge. And basically, we try to practice this eightfold system of yoga, or in other words, we're doing bhakti yoga. And each of these processes, we have to realize what is the constitutional position of the living entity, what is our relationship with God, and what are the activities we can do to reestablish the lost link, ooh, I like that, the lost link, and achieve the highest perfectional stage of Krishna consciousness
1: yeah and he's this is like Arjuna kind of asking this question for our benefit it's mm-hmm. like right. sometimes even as I don't want to speak for both of you but sometimes there are moments of doubt that mm. I have right. for this path I'm like really <coughs> is this is really gonna mean this this if I do this and this and this mm. gonna you know there are moments like you're, you're gonna yeah. go through whatever planetary changes or Mercury's in retrograde or Mercury's, <laughs> Mercury's, Mercury's in, of retrograde Mer, Mercury's in Gatorade and you're like having all these <laughs> doubts and whatnot. you know what I mean right. and there are moments where even as as devotees i think we have sometimes these doubts and and sometimes people fall off this path you know we've seen our friends some people that we know in this movement we've seen people like fall off and so arjuna he said they say he's inquisitive to know the results of deviation from the path of self-realization like what happens then
0: yeah, I mean, and he's also asking it because in the previous question that he asked, he was basically saying like, yeah, this is really difficult. So he's asking this question because he knows how difficult it is right. mm-hmm. and how likely yes. we are to not be able to follow it as perfectly as possible, right? It says right. here, uh, "This uh, one may sincerely accept the path of self-realization, but the process of cultivating knowledge is very difficult for this age. Therefore, despite constant endeavor, one may fail for many different Mm -hmm. reasons. One of them could be that we're not serious enough about following the process. And that's often true. Like we get enamored by the idea of doing these things. But the long-term consistency that is required for like a growth is actually very difficult yeah. so that's
2: an important point because we can romanticize things very fast like yeah. oh, i'm gonna wake up early i'm gonna very quickly start feeling great i'm gonna yes. get self-realized in a year i'll be a pure devotee no problem and <laughs> exactly. then we'll do it and it's like oh i'm so tired Mwah-mwah. where are the effects i don't feel it i'm the same person yeah. i was two years ago yeah oh, is it working and then as Shama said we all confront these doubts and then we're faced with an ocean of doubt and what will we do that, how will we pivot? That's going to be the deciding factor. Yeah. Because having doubts isn't the problem. We all will have doubts. And probably if you're hearing this podcast, you will have had doubts at one point or another. Or if you're not currently having them, they will come. Yeah. I mean, doubt is a sign of intelligence. Yeah, It means you're questioning the situation that you're in
0: and you're wanting to further consider all the possibilities. So it's oh, not yeah. a bad thing for you to have doubts. It's just... All the information is here. So we're and, here for you.
1: And how many other holy books out there? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, DM us on, on Modern Yogi Podcast. But like how many other holy books out there? have this notion of like, okay, I get it. But I also like, what if it doesn't work? What happens right, then? You know what I yeah, mean? Like, right. like you can lay out all of this knowledge, like thou shall not do this thou shall not do that. But there's no one being like, but what if it doesn't <laughs> work? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love that there's
2: even this question of doubt in this holy text. you I know I am right, so excited right. to hear the answer. So practical. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> even it made me think of, uh, there was a teacher in our line that's very brilliant. He has like a PhD in, in, religious studies and written many books. and he once told me that the second I have a doubt, I am excited to go and find the answer because believe me, it is out there. And when you find your answer to whatever doubt you had, it'll just confirm and reinforce your faith that much more. Who's that? That was Rudinanda Maraj, actually that nice. ages ago told me Ridin love that. Maraj. cool. yeah, I
0: only asked you because I oh, well, I was curious, but also it's really cool for people to know who were referencing. I, I right, was thinking about right. that last time so then, if you're ever curious or interested, these uh, amazing teachers and gurus in our philosophy also have like talks about different topics and really interesting things out there. You could just look up their name and look up like the word lecture and you'll find something interesting to learn more about.
2: Right. There's also another point in the purport that I love that says, you know, it's difficult sometimes when we're on the path and we might think, are we making progress? But there's one part of the purport that addresses that, that sooner or later... We're going to reach the supreme goal. And this was even said and confirmed by Krishna in the second chapter that we went over ages ago. It said, even a little endeavor on the transcendental path offers a great hope for deliverance. So like that Ooh, w- I think you're giving a little insight into the answer. Yeah. So it's like 1% that you put into your spiritual bank account will mm-hmm. forever be yours. While in the material world, if we start a project and put 1% and drop it, it's lost effort yep. lost. It doesn't take us or anywhere. If we put money into that bank account uh-huh. and we die, we're not going to get that money back. Exactly. But spiritual bank account is different. You put yes. 1% and that's forever going to be in your spiritual bank account. And the next time you pick up your spiritual path, you're going to go to 2%. You're not going to start back from zero. And that's right. really cool. Cause that happens nowhere else other than in spiritual life. Um, Anything else, Jamali? Yeah, something else Jamali has to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I was going to say is, because, um, you know, when you were earlier saying, Priya, that if one's not sufficiently serious on the spiritual path, that might be something that'll derail us. There's so many different things that can derail us. And I love the wording here. It says, to pursue the transcendental path is more or less to declare war on the illusory energy. Consequently, wherever a person tries to escape the clutches of the illusory energy, she tries to defeat the practitioner by various allurements so it's literally like what does that mean so it's like maya is this personified goddess who she's like we're trying to declare war on the illusory energy we're trying to say no more i'm not going to buy into it i'm going to pursue this noble path to reach the highest goal and the more we try to escape the clutches of her energy she's going to try to defeat us defeat the practitioner by luring various allurements like or by by showing us like, you know how you gave the, in the last episode, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. One of the analogies was of the dogs. Right. And I had said how, if you, if you throw fancy foods or a beautiful woman, dog or man, dog, whatever you're into, (laughs) the dogs will run wild. They're going to go all over the place, but try not to get tempted by all of these allurements of material energy and stay on your path. I have an analogy. Yeah. think of like, you're in a desert and there's like
0: you're thirsty, obviously. You've been in the desert, isolated for a long time. And there's right. like, are they called? <laughs> mirages. Yes, thank you. Mirage. I was about to say but thank you. You said it, mirages. <laughs> and, and the mirages are like, uh, uh, they're like telling you there's water here, there's water there, right? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go to get it, but it's not real, right? right? But similarly for us in this case, it's more like, hey, uh, there's happiness here, but it's like a TV, Netflix and all of that, but it's an right. illusion. It's not really there. Mm. And we're looking for the happiness in all these things, but the real happiness is finding a deeper connection with Krishna, right? And so it's like, we're seeing all this mirages out here mm-hmm. that are like yeah this is it this is the solution to all the problems but it's not even real
2: it's exactly right? oh i'm picturing almost like a black mirror episode uh like almost like everything's just fake like come to this fancy amusement park come to this one but it, behind it all is just like like smokes and mirrors it's not mm-hmm. real yeah and we're just yeah chasing like it's you said temporary. those mirages think ultimately leading to disappointment yes so and- it, Yes, are good.
1: No, but, go ahead. The, you, the, you mentioned like Maya, right? Yeah. And so, like, uh, th- and I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like, Maya is actually a demigod, right? It's like she's a goddess, God, actually. Right. Yeah. And the way it was explained to me is that Maya is like the most sweet servant of Lord mm-hmm. Krishna. And her job is to protect Krishna at all costs. Right. And so Ooh, she I will, like yeah, she will put all of this material stuff in front of you to distract you because she wants to make sure that your love for Krishna is real. So she puts us through all of this stuff Mm. because she doesn't want you to get through the system and you don't actually love Krishna, right? Mm. That would break Krishna's heart. But she is the most beautiful and faithful, like devoted, devoted person to Krishna. And that's why she's Mm. so strong in protecting protecting him from us if we are not real in our intentions right
0: i really love that and like to add to that thought of i don't know how how people perceive like demigods and demigoddesses but i always perceive them as like um oh like they're a spirit kind of Mm -hmm. like i imagine their picture because i know what they look like sometimes and there's descriptions and images of them on google if you look but anyways i i and like for example indra the god of Rain and weather in general. Like, I think like, oh, he's in the clouds giving us the rain and all of that. Right. Well, Maya is like overseeing everything to make sure we're being sincere in our love for Krishna. Mm -hmm. That's really sweet. I love that analogy and that vision. It's like a best friend trying to protect Krishna. absolutely.
1: She's the best friend of Krishna trying to protect him at Mm. all costs because she loves him so much. And so I, she makes it hard for so, us to right. get to him. So she's like, are you sure
0: you love Krishna or do you love this more? Yeah. Or, do yeah. love this or do you love this more? more? <laughs> or do you love this more?
1: Try a and bunch of then briefcases. Then, yeah. right.
2: <laughs> deal or no deal. deal, or no deal. <laughs> and that analogy weaves perfectly into the purport and that part about like, you know, we're literally declaring a war on illusory energy or on maya. And the more we try to escape her clutches, she's going to try to defeat us ultimately because she's just serving Krishna, but we got to stay focused. And, you know, for someone that initially reads this, if it's, if they've never come into contact with this philosophy, this might be a little far-fetched, but just think about it in terms of energies of light and energies of darkness. Like you said, at one point, think of it like, like energies. Mm -hmm. So whenever we buy more into dark energies, like, we're going to do more things that are dark. It's kind of like you start being more attracted to that versus if we like turn our face the other way and turn more towards light energies, we'll be more attracted in that direction. I mean, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So it's very real. They exist. And we can feel this war of energies of the good and the bad, Mm -hmm. the light and the dark. So we're calling it Maya versus we're on the path of Bhakti, path back home to Krishna, the light. So it's all very real. And just it becomes more and more personified and with personalities and variety the deeper we go into it
1: all right chapter six text number 38 ah, sorry i'm so sorry yes, i absolutely. just want to make a one okay point. no problem it's actually
2: no it's just one more <laughs> one more interesting point yes that if we think that okay this isn't a very difficult battle i got this and we become a little bit um puffed up about ourselves, you know, Uh, there's just one line here I want to read that a conditioned soul, we're already allured by the different modes of material energy. And there's always every chance of being allured again, even while we're performing transcendental activities. So we can, we can never be too careful. We can never think, ah, I've already got this. I've already won. I'm there. I'm the finish line is right above there. No problem. Because even at the highest point on our practice, there's always the chance to fall again. We gotta be careful. Yeah, we got to be careful. And that's why Arjuna is inquisitive to know, okay, what's the results of deviation from the path? That's all.
1: Love it. Chapter six, text number 38. Oh,
0: mighty armed Krishna. Does not such a man who is bewildered from the path of transcendence fall away from both spiritual and material success and perish like a river cloud mm.
1: with no position in any sphere? So is it, I think... Our Arjuna, right now, is doubling down. Like, he's really inquisitive to if we're not successful as modern yogis in this life, like, what happens to us? So, we're like, also
0: within this life, or within right? this life. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, it's like, does this person, if they can't be on this modern yogi path, do they just perish and they become nobody? <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that he talked about not just the spiritual aspect, but the material
0: too. Like, he's uh, like, yes. oh, or do they just become poor and like nobodies? And like, what happens to them if they just stop practicing? you know, or they are imperfect in their practice or their, whatever they might be. They
1: lose all of their spiritual success. They lose all of their material success and they perish. Is it like a, like a riven cloud? There's a river cloud. What is oh, it? What is a cra- right, cloud is it? It's what a, what riven- is, oh yeah, yeah. Producer, sir.
2: It's a riven cloud. What's a riven cloud? Riven just means torn apart. Oh, okay. Got it. Oh, That's good. I like <laughs> I, that. I, I said, like, said river. Said, yeah, he said oh, river. Does. Daisy. So, so do you have we, any thoughts about that? Producer Abijit? Riven cloud. Why is, what, what does that mean? What, what's that about? Riven cloud. Why? I think the idea is that you have clouds in the sky right. and uh, clouds uh, are very temporary. And if you cut one in half, it, you know, kind of disappears faster. You know, the more you cut up a cloud, it just goes away. It just disappears. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's like the uh, progress of the unsuccessful spiritualist. Right. Ooh, I like that. So right. Yeah. Go ahead. Cause basically there are two ways to go forward to progress. On one hand, we have materialists who have no interest in transcendence and all these topics we're talking about. They're more interested in material advancement, economic development, promotion to higher positions, all, all that, that fun g- material stuff. All that fun. Yeah. Capitalism. Yay. Didn't we, didn't you have a name for who was it? Capitalistic Joe, capitalistic Chad. Chad. So, yeah. like, well, what is capitalistic Chad all about? He, he's literally
1: about all of the things that you just mentioned, right? Okay. So, like making money, making, making money, having all the cars, yes. all the cars, making money, all the babes. Correct.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that's the materialistic. Okay perspective so that's one one fork uh one path on the f- crossroad the other path okay when we take the path of transcendence we let go of all the mat- material activities we sacrifice all forms of so-called material happiness because we know there's something deeper there's something better okay but what now then if we take that second path but then the transcendentalist fails and this is where the riven cloud analogy comes into play because okay if we fail on this second path and there's only two paths then we soak up, we apparently lose both ways in other words we didn't enjoy material happiness okay wah wah but then we also don't get spiritual success because we lost right we have no position we're like a ribbon cloud (laughs) what now we lose both ways so he's
1: trying to make sure that that we don't lose right Arjuna is really desperate right I think I think this comes from a place of like what happens if we don't succeed yeah you
2: know I love this one word they use, a non-entity in the vast sky, because, okay, we're like a little cloud. We're trying to join a big cloud. But if the big cloud blows away and we, we become a non-entity in the vast sky, so we didn't go one way or another. We're just totally lost and squirming around. All right. Anything else, I?
1: No. For you? Good. All right. Chapter six, text number 39. This is my doubt. Oh, Krishna, I ask you to dispel it completely. But for you, no one is to be found who can destroy this doubt.
0: Mm. So, But for you. So you are oh, the only one oh, who but can for answer. You.
1: Sorry. This is my doubt, O Krishna. I asked you to dispel it completely. But for you, no one is to be found who can destroy this doubt. Right. Yeah. You read it correctly the
0: first time. I oh. was just
1: reading, like the emphasizing oh, I was like, what did I screw no, up? No, no, okay. no, That was great. That was great. So what's Arjuna trying to say here? So, He's saying basically,
0: like, I have a doubt. You're Krishna. You're the only person who can answer this question.
2: Love but it. As far as being <laughs> <That's great>. uh, <laughs> yeah. connected to the previous purport and as far as being a riven cloud, will we cease to exist? So let's let's break down the purport a second. Krishna, we already know he's the perfect knower of past, present, future. And already in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna said that all living entities existed individually in the past. They exist now in the present And they continue to retain individual identity in the future, even after liberation from material entanglement. So already check one, he's cleared up. Krishna has cleared up the question of the future of the individual living identity from Arjuna. But now Arjuna wants to know, okay, what about the unsuccessful transcendentalist? We know the the individual soul will always continue to exist, but what now? So, and then what? So basically, uh, Arjuna is concerned and then Krishna is, it says here,
0: therefore, the verdict of Krishna is the final and complete answer to all doubts because Mm. he knows past, present and future perfectly. So he's saying, Krishna, tell me, you know everything? What's the answer? What's the answer? Cool. We ready? All right. Text number 40, Shamali.
2: All righty-tighty. So the (laughs) Supreme Personality of Godhead said, son of Pritha. And let me pause a second. We have Partha, we have Prita. So, what is, and I know Priya, you had cleared this up for us ages ago. Prita, son of Prita, means. What? I mean his mother's his name mother. is Pritha. Yeah,
0: that's good. <laughs> nice. I mean, I just want I'm to like, s- No, no, I didn't said it because feels like there was an answer that I you know no, like no, when you, no. when an answer is so
2: clear that you feel like you're saying it right, wrong. His right. <laughs> son of <Prita>. What color <laughs> is the sky? Blue, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because someone who has never heard of this might be like son of Pritha, what what's that? They huh? just have
0: a lot of nicknames for each other and it's yeah. just like endearing things like oh you son of your mother in a lovely way.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> and then, in, a, in a nice way, in a very really, nice way. Because nowadays, I think it's said as a derogatory. Yeah, like,
0: it's it's really nice. He's just complimenting him. I think his mother's also a lovely person, and it's just it's just. <laughs> <laughs> all right, from
2: the top. All right, all right. So, Say it again. The supreme personality of Godhead said, "Son of Pritha, a transcendentalist engaged in auspicious activities does not meet with destruction either in this world or in the spiritual world. One who does good, my friend." is never overcome by evil
1: oh i love this because krishna is essentially saying that if you are conducting yourself on the path of being a modern yogi you are doing all the right things you're doing all the devotional activities you none of that will go away there's no destruction for you here or in the spiritual world and what i love about this is that one who does good right like if you are on the path you're always doing good you're always being the good guy you will never be overcome by evil. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. right? Right? This this whole notion of nice guys finish last does not exist in this verse, right? We're all just, if you're trying to be a nice guy, you'll always have the fruits of that.
2: Right, he's essentially saying like, peace my child, because you know what? You've already taken the step towards me. And that's forever in your favor you've already done it i'm yeah. never going to let you go yeah. no matter how long it takes you've taken that first step yeah and that's forever going to be there it will never disappear and don't every, worry right and everything that shalmy you were talking about spiritual bank account every yeah. single thing that
1: you put in that spiritual bank account will stay there Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Right.
2: So it's not going to go away. There's one part of the purport I love. It says, even though he may be subject to the reaction for not perfectly executing his prescribed duties, he is still not a loser. No, <laughs> oh, he <laughs> says He's loser. He's a loser. a <laughs> <laughs> loser in the purport. That's fun. Yeah, because Krishna consciousness is never forgotten. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's always dormant in the heart. You never forget. Yeah. And one so engaged will continue to be so even if he is like... Even if he's derailed, even if he forgets about it at some point or another, sometimes on the path we take detours, but you will always, always, always come back.
0: Yeah. Yes. It, it also, this purport goes into a lot of information and maybe we can sort of digest it lightly in terms of um, the different types of people who follow the path. So right. um, if we're talking about people who follow the path of, you know, following the rules, auspicious. It's the path path of auspiciousness is what they call it. So like things Mm. that bring goodness into your life. It says it can be divided into three sections. Number one, Those who follow scriptural rules and regulations who are enjoying material prosperity. So Mm. that means like a person who's living in the material world, but they also follow what the Bhagavad Gita says and they're trying their best in that way, right? Number two, those who are trying to find the ultimate liberation from material existence. So those might be people who are just trying to get out of this material world. It doesn't have to be. I feel like this category might be other... Uh, religious practice practitioners too, mm-hmm. potentially. Yep. And the number three, those who are devotees in Krishna consciousness. Mm. So oh, which if,
1: one do you think you are? Oh gosh.
0: I, feel, <laughs> I mean, right now I think I'm number one. I'm working towards number three, you know, uh, <laughs> I agree with you. You know what I mean? It's, one, like, yeah. it's like, it's like,
1: and then it says it can
0: be divided further and it kind of explains, and it's really good information because it kind of lets you know where you stand and what you're working towards. Right. Right. Um, right. it also talks about those that are not, um, who are not following this path of auspiciousness. Right,
2: right. Because what you just read is like, I love how there's so many, it's very scientific. It's like, there's three categories for this, two for that. If you want to get this, do Mm -hmm. that. Do these 10 things to reach that. So yeah, it's like, okay, those who are regulated and on the path, those who are not regulated and not on the path. If you're on the path, it's divided into those three categories that Priya just mentioned. And um, yeah, it's just also cool to see like, it gives you a, a sense of where am I on the path? What do I need to do to move forwards? It's a nice gauge for like, okay, I have my work cut out for me. I'm just going to keep my head down and keep moving forwards. This, Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk a, a tiny bit about the
0: ones that are not on the path? What does that look like, Shumlee? Okay.
1: Or not. <laughs> I mean, we can. I mean, I no, mean, I she, laugh because she, I, don't I, have
2: um, <laughs> I, I had a lot of thoughts flash through and I saw the time to wrap up and I thought, oh, where to begin? <laughs> you got this. I can help you okay well i don't know those who are not on the path okay so we have humanity can be divided into two sections right we have the regulated and the non-regulated so those non-regulated would be kind of those who engage in i like the word bestial sense gratification so basically we've said before if we don't use our elevated thinking our sense our consciousness and make the most of this human life form what separates us from animals Do you have any thought about that, Shama? Like what would separate us from animals who just, what do animals do? They eat, sleep, mate, and defend. Exactly. So if we just do that, what's really separating us? Nothing really. That's why we're just, in a way, bestial sense gratifiers without knowledge of our next life, spiritual salvation. And so we belong to the non-regulated section. We're just, I just think of someone who's just totally about Me, myself, and I, pleasing my body, pleasing my senses, Capitalistic Joe or Chad. What was his name? Capitalistic Chad. Sure. (laughs) Then Capitalistic Chad might have gotten a book ages ago in a community college program, and he started reading it, and that just was the first seed that started planting in his heart, and he realized, oh, maybe there's something else. So he starts making his steps towards the regulated section where, okay, I want to start doing things to elevate my consciousness, to Take the first step toward Krishna and that will forever be in my favor. So what is going to happen to Capitalistic Chad? We can continue talking about it in the next episode.
1: Thank you so much (laughs) for listening, everybody.
2: (sighs) See you next next time. Bye. Bye.